Thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight for our podcast on fear. Wow, we got an exciting topic tonight, and I'm glad you have joined us tonight. Please feel free to um, click the like on there and uh, subscribe to our channel and call in if you have questions. You know, um, we have a, a call in opportunity here tonight. We have a, we're going to have a lot of open lines. Please call in or type in your question um, here on uh, YouTube or Facebook, and we'll get right with it. Okay. Um, tonight's topic is fear. You know, um, I've heard um, acronyms for fear. One of them is forget everything and run. <laughs> the other one I've heard people say uh, means uh, false evidence that appears uh, to, to be to be real, to be real. You know, so, um, I, you know, I've, I've heard all kind of um, kind of thoughts on that. Um, but whatever be the case, it's amazing things that people are fearful of. You know, a lot of people are, are fearful of flying. People are fearful of snakes. People are fearful of dogs, spiders. Um, you know, as I looked into this, I was just shocked the things that people were fear, fearful of. Some people are fearful of clowns. Some are fearful of closed spaces, fearful of, of being around a lot of people. Um, there's a fear called abotopia, and this is the fear of washing up. So some people just walk around snaking because they don't want to wash up because they're afraid of washing up with water. There's some people who are afraid of uh, or have a fear called helophobia. And this is the fear of sunlight, which is interesting. So some people don't like being out in the sun. Some people have something which I'd never heard of called, um, I guess the way you pronounce it is inks onks phobia. And this is the fear of mailboxes. And so um, <laughs> I got some people afraid of that. Then there's a fear called nomophobia. And this is a new fear that they j just put in the, in the books. And this is the fear of not being near your cell phone. And then some people have a fear called uh, phobia phobia, pretty much. And this is the fear of being fearful. <laughs> well, where does fear come from? Where does it come from? You know, it's interesting. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10 tells us that uh, the first time we see fear mentioned in the Bible was when Adam and Eve sinned against God. And remember, the Lord was, was looking for them, walking in the cool of the day, looking for them. And remember, Adam said to God, once God caught up with him, is he, I, it said, he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I hid myself because I was afraid because I was naked. And God said, well, who told you you were naked? <laughs> so what was wild about it is that that's the first instance we see of fear mentioned in Scripture. And so let me say this. There are different types of fear. Keep this in mind as, as well. You know, some things are, are not really fear that we might call fear. Um, some things are, are, are a natural built-in reaction or alertness or wisdom or prudence in a situation to avoid getting to a point where we would be fearful. You know, a good example is I think God has built it within us uh, to some degree to be a, to be leery of heights. You know, I remember someone um, invited me to go on top of our building. We were it was in the wintertime and and they were we were getting cable put in our offices and. And I went up on top of the roof and the top of our building is like 10 or 11, 12 stories high. And I remember, you know, going to the edge and looking off. And I remember, you know, like saying to myself, I got to get away from this edge. 
And there was a guy up there with me, one of the building engineers, and he said, what, you afraid? And I thought to myself, yes, I'm afraid of you because you're unsaved and you may push me off this thing. You know what I mean? Plus, it was ice up there. It was, it was you know, it was in the wintertime. And I was like, I get away from here, you know? So it wasn't that I was afraid per se. It was that I was cautious of that particular situation. And that wasn't necessarily fear. You know, a good example is I, I've seen um, uh, when we were kids, we were taught, do not uh, touch the stove. Y'all remember that? Because it's hot. And some people you could, some kids you can tell that too, and that was good enough. Some kids you had to, um, they had to see another kid get burnt. And then some kids had to get burnt for themselves. Well, when it comes to fear, okay, some of us um, are at a point in life where, you know, we, we tend to, to have to, um, uh, I guess, experience these things in order to become fearful. I, I saw a, a dog, someone sent me a video some time ago about a dog in, in uh, China, and these people were eating dogs. And as they were eating dogs, this, these dogs were walking around like it wasn't nothing. And I thought to myself, how stupid can you be to walk around as though it's nothing when they're eating dogs? And what I thought to myself was the same thing that's going on in this country. You know, I heard someone say, because I, I have my mask, and on my mask I have Jesus is Lord. On my mask, I, I remind people that Jesus is Lord. And I remember uh, someone kind of, you know, kind of making a comment, oh, if you believe Jesus, then why are you walking around with a mask? There are over 400,000 people who have died from covid Okay, <laughs> all right. So it's common sense. It's wisdom. Okay, that God has given us. It's not necessarily fear, and God has given us certain adrenaline glands. Okay, within our body, and as we get older, those things really kick in, and this is why we tend to be startled at different times. That's not necessarily fear. That's just being startled. You know, they say babies don't really um, have that experience where they're startled by a situation. Because they haven't lived long enough on this earth to actually experience life enough to know to be afraid. As Genesis 3.10 points out, fear comes because of sin. That's how it came into this world. So there is a natural fight, flight, or, or freeze that God has created within our adrenalines to deal with a particular situation that may happen in our lives. Now let's look at some things that can cause us to become fearful or things that we that can cause us to be afraid as believers. Sometimes, and let me just say this, because I'm, I'm speaking to some of you now, as I begin to dig into this, who are not at this moment, not only are you afraid, you are fearful. Some of you are at a point where you're beyond fearful in your particular situation. You are at a point where you are terrified. And we're told in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, that fear brings torment. And Satan uses torment, which we're going to see in here in a few minutes in our lives as Christians, to control us as well as the world. And even our own flesh will work against us and, and torment us when it comes to fear. So you've got to get this thing under control. Please, we've got open lines. Call as God has put it upon your heart. You know, it says in, um, in Job chapter 3, verse 25, Job said, the thing which I have feared the most has come upon me. No, that's not what Job said. He says, the thing which I have feared. You know, I've heard so many teachers say, the thing he feared the most. He said, no, the thing which I have feared has come upon me. And in so many words, what he was saying is that the thing in which he had feared in life was beginning to happen in his life. It reminds me of a story I was told of. I know a sister in Christ, um, her brother was dying of, of AIDS. And this was at the beginning of the AIDS 
um, epidemic or, or pandemic years ago, and no one really understood AIDS at the particular at that particular time. Didn't understand HIV. Didn't understand any of that. And so as he was dying, everyone said, you know, whatever you do, be careful when we're in the room. But we're going to go there and pray. Her and her sisters and brothers that God would raise him up. And so they were, you know, they had all gotten something to drink and they'd gone into the room and they were just, you know, praising God and saying, Lord, please raise him up in the name of Jesus. And they were like, God, you can do it. We believe you can heal. And and so afterwards, they all sat down and, and they started drinking their, 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 their water, whatever. And they noticed that he had been drinking some of the the waters that they had by accident, you know what I mean? And they had drank after him, and they started freaking out, saying, oh, we're going to die. Oh, it's over with. You see, they were afraid. They went from faith to fear, which we're going to look at here today. You know what's interesting is that for many of us as Christians, the the, the sad part about it is seeing in this world at one time people were, the, were afraid of the big C, which was cancer. Now people today are afraid of the big CV, COVID-19, you know, and so fear has gripped people, even Christians. You know, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 25 says that some people suffer from sudden fear, from sudden fear. Now, some of that is natural as well. Um, you know, if someone punches you in the face, your adrenaline glands are going to jump in. That's not necessarily fear, fear, but some of us suffer from sudden fear. And usually our fears involve some type of loss whether a loss of a job, loss the fear of a loss of health, loss of our finances, a loss of the fear of the loss of our freedom, the loss of a relationship, the loss of our life, the loss of being accepted, whatever it might be. Fear usually means or, or generally um, uh, is driven by the thought of a loss. Are y'all feeling me on this? We've got open lines now. You can call as God put it on your heart. And let me just say this. Some of us struggle with ongoing fears, meaning on a regular basis. And what usually happens is it starts with the concern. Have y'all noticed that? And then that concern leads to worry. And the word worry just means to constantly think about a situation. And then that particular um, worry leads to anxiety. And that's where the body all of a sudden begins to suffer because you're worrying. It could be sweaty arms. It could be sweaty hands. It could be um, whatever it might be, headaches or whatever. And then before you know it, it leads to full-blown anxiety. And then anxiety leads to full-blown fear. And then full-blown fear causes you to be freaked out. And before you know it, you lose it. You lose it all. How many of you ever been to a point where you have lost it, as a, even as a Christian, over a particular situation? Are y'all feeling me on this? Sometimes, and you know what that will lead to? It will lead to the loss of hair. It will lead, lead to the loss of sleep, the loss of weight. And before you know it, you will lose your mind. You know, it's interesting. I, I read where they say 34% of Americans are taking some form of anxiety medication. Some form, whether it be a placebo or the real thing, they're taking some form of anxiety medication. See, not only are people afraid, not only are people uh, fearful, not only are people uh, terrified, people are at the point where they, and I believe this, they are scared to death. Let me say this. The future is God's business.
Let's understand that. Can we, can we get this in our head? The future is not our business, all right? And this is why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, because a lot of our fears are over what's going to happen in the future. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, he said, you know, don't fear about what, don't be concerned, anxious, worrying about what you're going to drink, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. And what he's referring to are things in the future. And he says, not only that, he says, these are the things that the unbelievers worry about. And then remember what he said in verse 34. He said, don't be anxious about these things. He says, because sufficient are the cares of the day. Why are you so worried about what's going to happen tomorrow? Don't you realize you got enough concerns to be worried about when it comes to today? Tomorrow is God's business. You see, let me say this. When it comes to fear, many of us are fearful of situations because we are control freaks. We feel like we, can, like we need to be in control of everything. And I believe that the enemy has got us to the point where in, within our society, there are certain things you can't do. You can't talk about. People don't want to talk about death. People don't want to talk about morgues. People don't want to talk about graveyards. People don't want to talk to, hey, to get my dead away from me. People don't want to talk about these things. People don't want to talk about cancer. People don't want to talk about sickness. People don't want to talk about hospice. They don't want to talk about any of it. Because guess what? People have become fearful. And let me just say this. The devil uses TV, radio, other people, stats to steal our hope and to make us fearful. And he works lots of times through sudden um, um, catastrophes in order to, to break us down and to, to immediate. It's something about um, us as human beings when we have sudden fear that makes it more harder for some people to deal with than others. And what's interesting about it is if you read Job chapter 1, you'll see how Satan attacked Job. Remember, he had Job's, um, you know, the way in, in such a way that it was his, his whole situation, it was designed. It wasn't as if he just attacked Job. He brought about that situation at a particular time that was just right. It was planned. He planned that hit on Job's family and everything else. How many of you had a phone call before, late at night, and you say to yourself, I'm not answering that phone because you feel as though at that particular time, that particular call may not be good. You see, lots of times, many of us, listen, notice the way how, how Satan attacked Job when it comes to fear, just so we understand this. Remember, notice what he did. He attacked Job's finances. Then he attacked in Job 1. Then he attacked Job's servants who were, you know, close to him, working with him. Then he attacked Job's children. Then he attacked Job's health. Then he attacked Job's wife. He didn't have to attack Job's friends. They was already screwed up. But notice how he operates. And the goal of the enemy is to get you to the point where you become so fearful that you lose hope and faith in God. And get to the point, as Job 1.11 and Job 2.15 points out, where you turn around and you curse God to his face. You see, that's the goal of the enemy. You see, understand this. Have you ever read Job chapter 2, verse 16? In Job chapter 2, actually in Job chapter 1, verse 16, it says how that when, when they describe what had happened in that particular situation, how did the enemy, how, how did the Sabians had come and so forth and done these things, they said the fire of God from heaven. It was almost like they were, as if they were saying it was God's fault. And I believe that was on purpose to get Job to curse God. 
had come and destroyed the cattle. I think this was the purpose of it. Or to get us to the point where we become fearful and begin to complain. You know, in Exodus 17, verse 7, it says that the Lord, it's interesting, that the Lord, you know, had got them in a point where, you know, they come up out of Egypt and they wanted water. And you know what they started saying? They started saying, well, if God is with us, what's going on? Is the Lord with us or not? Those were the comments they were making. And God called that place Marbab or Masaha. And what's interesting about it is that later on, God remembered that and he brought it up again, how they acted at that particular time. He didn't forget it. You see, that's how the enemy tries to operate in our lives, to get us to curse God, to get us to the point as Mark chapter 4, verse 38. Remember what they said in Mark 4, 38, when Jesus was in the boat and the disciples thought that they were going to drown. The first thing they said is, Lord, don't you care about us? Because they were afraid. We got a caller coming through. Uh, please tell us your 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 name and and uh, your question tonight. Yeah, how you do- yep. This is Little Daryl calling. Daryl, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing good. What's your great question tonight? I was I, I wanted to know um, is it is some say it's healthy? Like far as like like fear and not like not sinning against the Lord and things like that. Yes, we're going to get to that fear in, in a little bit. And yes, um, you know, the fear of the Lord, which we're going to see, is the fear that we want as believers. I don't think we necessarily want these other particular fears. Now, you should fear, fear the Lord. And, and I do think that um, there needs to be some respect, okay, for our parents as well as for those in authority. Okay, and we find this in Romans chapter 13 and Ephesians chapter 6. So I think there needs to be I don't know if the if we need to have that particular degree of fear when it comes to um to those in authority and so forth. But our first and foremost fear needs to be for God. Okay, or, you know, and which we're going to look at in a little bit because that causes us to stay away from evil. That causes us to hate evil. All these things when we fear God, this is. These are the things that in our lives help us to grow as believers. You with me on that, Daryl? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, and we're going to get in a second to some of those particular fears that, that we should have when it comes to having a healthy fear of God. We really should have that. And so um, that that is important. That's a great question, though. Okay, sir. Because I, I used to fear... Um, there was a point in time where I used to fear when I read in Matthew about the unforgivable sin. I used to feel like, man, what if I committed that, you know? <laughs> well, we're going to see tonight that, you know, that perfect love casts out all fear. And when we have a good understanding of the love that God has for us from 1 John four eighteen, that causes a lot of the fears to go away. You know what I mean? Yep. It, it causes that. And as we grow and, and become more mature, we get to a point where we're not as fearful over particular situations because we begin to understand his love for us. Okay. Amen. So don't worry about um, committing the unpardonable sin. And and as we've said here, I don't know if on this broadcast before, but just so everyone would know, um, you know, that's literally in the Greek, it means to continually do it over and over again. And also keep in mind that that particular uh, sin is really the rejection of the Holy Spirit. And we find this particular thing going on in John 12, where Jesus said that they could not believe. They got to a point where they didn't believe and they could not believe. And it gets to a point where a a person begins to to um, to say those things which are of God now really are of Satan. That's how bad off 
they've gotten. And it gets to the it gets to the point where it's John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8 points out, where they no longer get that conviction. Remember, the Holy Spirit comes to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And they no longer receive that. And um, they harden their heart like Pharaoh. And God hardens it even more, be- just like with Pharaoh, because they first hardened their heart towards the things of God. So you don't have to worry about that. And that can't happen in the life of a believer. So God bless you, um, young girl. And thank you for your call. God bless. And so, you know, we have another open line if anyone wants to call. Remember, you know, we're told in, in Mark chapter 4, verse 38, they said to Jesus, don't you care? And see, lots of times fear makes us begin to, to find fault with other people, even those around us who do care for us, even those around us who do, who are concerned about our particular situation. Because guess what happens? We get so fearful, we begin to take out our lack of control on other people. So be careful. You know, it reminds me of, of Peter in, Mark, in Matthew chapter uh, 14, verse 30. Remember when Peter says to Jesus, Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter says, if this is you, Lord, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. So Peter gets out the boat. What a great man of God. I will say that, Peter. Okay, I know he's had his issues, but he's walking on the water. One of the few people to ever have done this. He's walking on the water. And remember what it says. He says he began to look at the wind and the waves. And he began to sink. And what's interesting about it, you can't see the wind. All you can see are the effects of the wind. The reason he sank was because he saw the effects of the wind. And many of us are like that as Christians. We are fearful because we see the effects of what happens in in particular situations instead of trusting God, realizing that he's in control of everything. And many of us suffer from the fear of man. You know, Proverbs 29, verse 25 says, the fear of man is a snare. It is a trap. It is a trap. And what it does is it causes many of us to shut up about Jesus. You see, Psalm 107, verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who've been delivered from the hands of the enemy. If you really believe God has delivered you, open your mouth. But see, just like in John 7, verse 13, and John 12, verse 41, it says that many of them would not confess Jesus because they were fearful of what other people might think. And it reminds me of what it says in Revelation 21, verse 8. It says in Revelation 21, verse 8, that the Lord says outside of the city of God, those who were probably in the, the, um, the lake of fire are those, one of the first words he says, are the cowardly. Those are those who refuse to have faith and to step up and believe that Jesus was the son of God. We got another question coming through tonight. Um, thank you for your call. Please tell us your name and uh, your question tonight. Hi, Pastor Junior. This is Glennis. Hello, Sister Glennis. Thank you for your Hi. call tonight. What is your wonderful question tonight? My question is, how can I, how can I tell my granddaughter to be careful of strangers and why we won't let her get on some internet sites and things without scaring her? Because God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but all of a sudden, I think what I'm telling her, she's being more fearful. I don't want to make her fearful. I just want to make her cautious of what she does and who she talks to. But lately, she's not able to sleep by herself. And I don't know if I'm putting that in her, 
but how do we tell our children to be cautious and not fearful, but to be cautious? You, you know, it's interesting. Remember when as children, we were taught to be fearful. We were taught that. We were taught to be afraid when it thunderstormed. Okay, We were taught to be afraid of things which were bigger than us. And, and I will say that the sad part about it is that we are, we're, we're so, we're kind of, as, especially as grandparents, you know, we want our kids to be happy, but yet and still, you know, we don't want them to be terrified. That's the thing. I, you know, I think to some degree we need to be careful not to, um, to have them have the wrong types of fears, but fear is healthy in some areas when it comes to um, fear, fear of what may happen to you if you do a particular thing. And you know what's interesting, Glenn, is that as, as children, okay, we grew up being fearful of our parents, okay? Um, when I was young, I was fearful that my mother would, would kill me, you know? Even though she was short, I was tiny, and I was fearful. <laughs> as time went on, you know, I became fearful of the teacher. She had a ruler, you know what I mean? And as time went on, I became fearful of the police officer. He had a gun. I became fearful as a kid because of thunder and lightning. It was beyond me. And as time went on, I began to gain respect. And after a while, I realized something. That fear stuck with me. And then guess what happened? I got saved, and it made it a lot easier for me to fear God. You see, when a person is young, they need to start off being taught to fear God and to fear falling into sin knowing the consequences of what it might bring. And so I think it is healthy to let them know, if that dude gets you, that dude on the internet, if he gets you, you history girl, you gone, you, you done, okay? You're going to be somewhere, you all screwed up. Ain't nothing wrong with telling her that. Well, yeah, I, I tell her and I try to explain to her that it's okay to go from your room to the bathroom in the dark because Jesus is with you. I tell mm -hmm. her, Jesus is with you. Mm -hmm. But I want her to be cautious instead of who you talk to and information you give people. But I think, I, I don't know, I think I might be confusing her. She's so scared all well, of a sudden, and I don't know what I've done. Well, I, you're I the, No, no, no. I think you're to build faith in her, faith in Jesus. Jesus is bigger. Jesus is stronger. God is, is, is strong. God is wiser. God is greater. Build her faith and don't worry about her fears, but tell her things that she should be fearful of. Just like you told your kid, don't touch that stove. Don't you touch it. So you, you, you created that within them and you were taught that and you were okay. <laughs> so, so just remember that it's okay to do that, but it's also very, very important to let them know who they serve. They serve a God who is greater than anything they may struggle with, greater than anyone in their life, greater than their sin when they mess up, greater than, than he is a father who loves them and help them to understand the love of God, which we're going to see here in a little bit, the love of God, the love that he has for them. And when they understand that, perfect love casts out all fear, knowing that he loves me knowing that he cares for me, knowing he loves me so much that he's got my back, that, that he's watching over me, protecting me, he's got angels around me. When you understand all that, a lot of the fears that we have 
Oh, and, and, and I, I think I might have given her fear about angels when I say that, that the angels are watching over you. She's like, where are they? Uh, that's it, it's just I, <laughs> well, that's know, okay. No, it's it's really different from telling my children when they were younger than telling my grandchildren. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it just feels like I don't know. As a grandmother, I am giving more caution towards fear. I don't know why. Well, let it. You know what? I just, I tell just them the truth and it. let God work all that out. Okay. They'll be okay. <laughs> 20 years from now, they'll be like, you know what? My my grandmama told me, and I tell you, I was scared, and I came to know Jesus. <laughs> so ain't nothing wrong. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, okay? <laughs> so don't Thank worry you. about her being afraid to go to the bathroom, afraid to just tell her Jesus is with her and live for God. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your call. That was a, an excellent question tonight, and uh, I, hopefully uh, I, I was able to answer that. Um, also, let me just say this as, as we continue on. Let me just say this. We're told, and um, we got another new caller coming through. Um, please tell us um, your um, your name and, and um, what your question is tonight. Hey, this is Daryl. Daryl, how you doing, Darryl? my brother? Um, what's your question tonight? Thank you for your call. Situation. 
And so we begin to build our faith in that way. But if we take a situation and God, you know, we're praying hard that God bring us through and then he bring us through and then we just go on to the next thing like it ain't nothing. We don't really grow in our faith. So we have to feed. We're told in, in Psalm 37, verse 4 and 5 in the New King James, feed upon his faithfulness. And so as you look at how faithful he has been, you feed right. upon that, and then fear begins to go out of the door. Okay. Because cause with me, I've been dealing with it since September 11, when I worked at the Pentagon. I've been dealing with it since then, all the way up till, um, till, um, till, 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 until my trouble times or whatever, my situation that I was dealing with in my past and everything. And uh, all the way up to that point, I've just been dealing with that, you know. All, you know and, I, and I still find myself still dealing with it, you know, at times. Well, you know what, you, you ever been, you know, you ever been in a, a, a situation where, you know, I, I saw the video, I, I just think it's still awesome, and I think it's a great witnessing too, for believers, a young girl goes to the doctor, and she gets the shot, and she's right. afraid of needles, and she's saying, my God is bigger, my God is bigger, my God is stronger, my God is bigger, my God is bigger. And they give her the shot, and while she's taking the shot, my God is bigger, my God is stronger. And after she gets the shot, she's still saying, my God is bigger, my God is stronger. And you've got to get to the point where you say, you know what, my God is bigger, my God is stronger, my God is wiser than any situation I've been through. I am going to take a leap of faith and trust him. And this is something you've got to do. And for you, it's not a leap of faith. It is a step of, of, of obedience because you've already seen him do what he's done before. So it is a step right. of assurance. It's not like, you right. know, God's never done nothing in your life. As you look back at that, you can say, I am stepping out based upon what he has already done. Right. So why should I be afraid? Right. Why should I be okay. afraid? When I was brought through my situation, I remember my wife saying to me, Lisa saying to me, wow, if God did that, he can do anything. I believe he yeah. can do anything. And that built our faith. That gave us like a booster shot. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so if you look at your situation and if you want your faith to grow, God will put you in situations where your faith will grow. He's doing it now. Right. But you've got to feed off of those situations. Right. And as you go from glory okay. to glory, trust him that he's got it. All right. Thank you, brother. Thanks for answering my question. Great call tonight. And may the Lord Thank bless you, my brother. Okay. And let me just say this, too, as we begin to move on. Is the devil will, at some point or another, bring out the big guns. He'll bring out the big guns. You know what the big guns are? The big gun is, I got you now. I'm going to scare you with death. Hey, y'all with me on that? That's the big gun. That's the thing he said in Job chapter 2, verse 4. He says, skin for skin, all will a man give for his life. You see, it says in Hebrews 2.14, in Hebrews 2.14, that, that, the, that the enemy, Satan, the enemy of our souls, our entire life held us in bondage, in the bondage of the fear of death. But Jesus defeated death. This is why Satan could used to tell people, look, you better shut up or I'll kill you. To get people to become fearful. Let me just say this. The apostles, once they got a hold of the fact that they would never die. Jesus said he didn't believe it for me. She'll never die. 
the boldness came in them, and they were like, Satan, is that all you got? Is that all you got? And that's how they were acting in so many words. Because they knew the worst that a person could do to them is what Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 28. Fear not him who can take the body and, and, and just destroy it, but fear him who can take body and soul and cast it into hell. Now, let me just say this as we move forward. What does Jesus say to us about fear? For us who've been saved for a while, you know, in Mark chapter 4, verse 40, remember Jesus is at the bottom of the boat sleep. The boat is almost filled with water. And they come to Jesus. And remember what they said? They said to him, they said, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus gets up and says to them several things. In Mark 4, 40, he said, why are you so afraid? Why? Some of you listening to me at this time, you know the power of the Lord. You've seen him work in other people's lives. Yes, he can do it in yours. You've seen him work in his word. Why are you so afraid? And then he says to him, how is it that you have no faith? How is it that you have no faith? <laughs> in fact, it says in the NIV, how is it that you still don't have faith? And then it says in Luke 8, verse, verse 25, he said, where is your faith in that situation? I mean, he stands up and says, where is your faith? In fact, in Matthew 8, 26, he says, oh, ye of little faith. You know, it's interesting. It's so wild about that is in Matthew 8, 26, Jesus said to the disciples, while he is in the boat at the bottom, it appears, sleep, they wake him up. And before he even gets up. He says to them, why there? He's laying down. He says, why are you so afraid? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you know why? Because Romans 12 verse 3 says God has given all of us a measure of faith and he expects us to use it. But we allow our fears to override our faith and your situation gets bigger than your God. We're going to have difficulties. John 16, 33, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have crushings. Be of good cheer. Be of good comfort. I've overcome the world. You're going to have it. First Peter 4, 12 says that, you know, don't think it's strange when these things happen. You're going to have it. So why shouldn't we be afraid? As I close off, why shouldn't we be afraid? Isaiah 41, verse 10. God tells us something real important. He says, I am with you. I am with you. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says he'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Literally, I think it's three double negatives on that. It literally means no, no, no. I will never leave you or forsake you. So why should you be afraid? And then he says, I, he says, do not be afraid. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, for I am with you. He says, do not be dismayed. For I am your God. Oh, my God. You know, you think of all these other gods out here. We have the God of the universe. And then he said to him, he says, and I will strengthen you. Then he said to him, and I will help you and I will uphold you. I will get you through this. We don't have to be afraid of sudden fear. I heard of a woman who was who was when the cicadas were out. They were they're innocent flying bugs. One of them got in her car. She was so terrified. She lost control. She, they said she was terrified of these things. Lost control. Hit a, a guardrail. Went over. Flipped over. And she was killed. Because of sudden fear. You may have something happen in your life suddenly. Remember these principles. If they do. Because they probably it probably will happen one day. If you live long enough. 
in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Remember what Moses said to the children of Israel. Do not be afraid. Be still. Don't run around like a chicken with his head cut off. Be still. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And see God work in this situation. Get you some popcorn. Stop being afraid and watch God work. We're told in Psalm 46, verse 10. God says, be still and know that I am God. In your situation, you need to be still and realize he's God, not you. And that he'll be glorified amongst the nations. He'll be glorified in this situation. So don't lose, lose hope. Don't lose your mind. Don't, don't freak out. Know he's in control. And if you do those two things, we're told in Mark 4, that Jesus will stand up in your situation and say, peace, be still. There's a song by Brian Courtney Wilson. And I love it. It says, this time I will be still and the mountain will have to move. <laughs> Y'all hear me on this? This time I'm going to be still and in this situation and that mountain's got to move. You see, Job understood it. This is why when Job was going through what he went through, Job 121, he lost his finances. He's lost his servants. He's lost his children. He falls down on his face. He says, naked I came unto this world. Naked I, I go out. The Lord give it. The Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't want anything, anything to interrupt my relationship with my father. You see, when fear comes upon us as God's people, in Mark 5, 36, remember Jesus is walking with Jairus to Jairus' house. And somebody just comes out the blue and says, don't trouble the master anymore. Your servant, I mean your daughter, is dead. Just imagine how Jairus must have felt. He didn't know Jesus could raise the dead. He didn't know that he was just, he just freaks out. I'm sure he's about to fear. And Jesus said, hey, don't be afraid. Keep on believing. Some of you are listening to me now. You're going through some difficult times. Keep on believing. Keep on believing. I'm telling you, keep on believing. Keep on trusting God. I don't care how bad it may be. Keep on trusting God. Keep on believing in him. He'll see you through this. He'll see you through. You know, I used to be afraid as a kid that the fire truck was coming to my house. I was terrified of that. And he never came. Do you know, listen, do y'all understand, listen, that 85%, this is what they say, 85% of the stuff that we are afraid of never happens. <laughs> it never happens. But we're afraid of it. You know, Mark, it's amazing. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, he says, take no thought for your life. Don't even think about your life. You see, if we just obey scripture, Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God and allow the peace of God to guard your heart and your mind. And what he's saying in so many words is that God's peace will be between here, your feelings, your emotions, and your thoughts. And it will kind of help be an umpire to keep the two from overriding each other. And then he said in Philippians 4, 8, he says something real important. He says, and he tells us how to think. He says, whatever things are true, whatever things are, 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 are noble, whatever things are, are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are, are, are lovely and of good report. He said, whatever things are, which are of good virtue, whatever things are praiseworthy. He said, think on these things. And then he said, he went on to say, and whatever you've learned of me, seen of me, heard of me, do these things and the God of peace will be with you. Stop being afraid. 
Stop making decisions based on fear. I don't know how many times a car salesman has sold a car because he's told somebody, if you don't get back here tonight by 10, somebody's going to get that thing. Hey, that's a hot one. Listen, you know what that means when someone says that to me? That means God doesn't want me to buy it. That's the mentality you need to have. That's the mentality. Because see, listen, 1 John 4, 18, perfect love, a perfect understanding, a mature understanding of God's love for us. Cast out all fear. That's why God, he knows that we will be fearful. So he gives us these scriptures to help us not be fearful. Jesus feared one thing. Hebrews 5, verse 7. And that was being separated from his father. That's the fear that we should have. And we need to have a healthy fear of God. We really do. You know what I mean? And yes, we should come boldly before the throne of grace, but we need to be careful with that. We need to come really having a healthy fear of God. I think some of the newer translations have made a mistake in taking out the word fear and putting in the word reverence. I think the word fear should be there. And he says fear and tremble. We should, we should have these things. You see, we're told in Proverbs 1-7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom and knowledge. You should say to your children, your young ones, you doing that, you better fear God. Don't you, you need to say this to people on the street when you see the stuff they're doing. Don't you fear God? Don't you know God watching you? You see, Exodus 20, verse 20, God says he put his fear upon his people. He put it on them so that they would obey him. This is why we're told over in Proverbs chapter, uh, what is it, Proverbs chapter Chapter 8, verse 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 3, 7, the fear of the Lord is, is to depart from evil. You see, when we fear God, it causes us to, to, to live a clean life. You see, and this is why we're told in Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 18, God told his people when they didn't want to live right, they didn't want to obey God, they didn't even want to follow him anymore, but they were so-called his people. He said, start eating your food with trembling. In fear. So they would eat like this. Because <laughs> he said, you know what? Because you don't want to repent. You don't want to live for me. You don't want to, you don't want to acknowledge me. You see, there needs to be a healthy fear of our Lord. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, as I close off, you know what he said? He said, knowing the terror of the Lord, I persuade men. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Now, let me just answer one question that, that's been asked. Is there a demon called the spirit of fear? In 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. In that verse, he is not talking about a demon called fear. Okay? Even though, let me say this, demons do have names, and I'm sure there's a, like there's a lying spirit. I'm sure there's a demon that goes around causing fear. But in that verse, he's not talking about that. In that verse, what he's talking about unfortunately, like word of faith people have taught over years, what he's really talking about in that verse is he's just describing how the Holy Spirit is not. And then he goes on to talk about how the Holy Spirit is. And that's a spirit who gives us um, love, power, and a sound mind. As we close off tonight, I just want to say this. And, you know, I'm going to say a short prayer for anyone who is fearful tonight that God would at this time help you to trust in his son Jesus and to know that he's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Father, bless anyone who's heard this podcast tonight. Let them know that they do not have to be afraid. Maybe they, they're fearful of something going on with their health. Let them know, God, you've got their health in your hands. You were the one who created them. Let them know, Lord, that you can heal them. 
If someone is fearful of their job, their finances, let them know, God, you are our provider. You've given us all these names of who you are to let us know that you'll never leave us or forsake us. Remind us of this tonight, Lord. Even in death, you'll be there for us. Lord, help us to not be afraid. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for watching the podcast tonight. Please join us uh, next Friday, and we'll have another um, wonderful topic, Lord willing, that will glorify the king. And as we leave, walk by faith and not by sight, and do not be fearful. And until we meet again, Maranatha. God bless you.